Hello, April Lopino, Vice President of Human Resources, also Keeley Life Leader, here to welcome you to this section of Keeley Life Podcast. These podcasts are designed to have conversations surrounding our mission of sustaining a culture of health and well-being for all Keeleyans and their families, as well as supporting our pillars of HEAL, where we focus on mental health, physical fitness, nutritional habits, and financial well-being. This is where we take a deep dive in discussing the total well-being of each and every one of our Keelians and how we make a path to a better version of themselves. We want to take this opportunity to provide resources to all. So please sit back and enjoy. Welcome everyone. This is April Lopino here with this Keely Life podcast session focused on legacy planning. We are here with Travis Freeman. Travis has authored a book titled Make Your Money Work and is a frequent guest on Channel 2 News. He's a board-certified financial planner and speaks to hundreds of groups about financial planning strategies. He also experienced food stamps as a child and later became a self-made millionaire in his 20s. Wow, I need his secrets there. So welcome, Travis. Thank you, April. Good to be here. Yes, so glad to talk with you. So let's jump right in. Um, You know, when we talk about legacy planning, what is that first off? Sure. So some people may know legacy planning as estate planning. You know, uh, one time I was doing a presentation on estate planning and someone said, oh, this is the death and dying class. And and he left. (laughs) So it's really not about that. It's about legacy planning. (laughs) And that is making sure that the things everybody works hard to accumulate in their lifetime and of course, family members, assuming they have some, uh, that are everybody's taken care of in the event of uh, a tragedy. Okay, so who should be thinking about legacy planning and, and why? Well, if someone that's listening to this podcast has a bank account or a house or children or life insurance or a 401k, they should probably be thinking about legacy planning. So, so I won't say everybody, but I'd say over 99% of people, right? And and right. why? Uh, again, if we don't do any proper planning for the things that we have in our life, and I don't care if there's $5 in your bank or $500,000 in your bank account, if we don't do proper planning and either a car accident happens and we're in the hospital for a long time or a tragedy strikes and we're not here anymore, without that proper planning, the government, the state may determine what happens to our things and where our minor children go. And we really don't want that to happen, right? We want our wishes to be carried out, but you have to take a few steps to get that to happen. No one wants to be in that situation at mm-hmm. all. So right. is this is this really tied to um, a will? So essentially, if someone has a will, does that avoid them you know, from going into you know, the legal system, avoiding a probate court? That's a great question, April. So wills are the one of the most common estate planning or legacy planning documents that are out there. You know, everyone's seen movies where someone's reading a last will and testament. Well, what some people may be surprised to hear, and I people will tell me they're surprised to hear it all the time, is that wills do not avoid probate court. Wow. So what is what is probate court? It's a court system set up in every state in the union to figure out what happens with our affairs, our financial affairs, as well as minor children, if we're not here anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And what people don't realize about probate court, three things generally happen. It varies a little bit by state. Some states are easier than others, but number one, if you go through probate court, it's gonna take time. It could take months, if not a year or more, especially for real estate. Number two, it costs money. 
There are appraisal fees, attorney fees, court costs, right? These things cost money. So say goodbye to, on average, about 3 to 5% of the value of that estate. And then lastly, I'm not kidding when I say this, you can Google Marilyn Monroe's will. You can Google it and read the whole thing. I've read it three times, right? Where, where the money went, her friends that were in it, her friends that were not. And if you want to avoid probate, you're probably wanting to avoid probate because of the time, cost, and privacy issues like Marilyn Monroe that are associated with it. So if someone's listening to this podcast, April, and thinks, hey, I have a will. I don't have to worry about probate. That is not the case. I'm not saying the will is junk, though. I have a will. My wife and I have wills. That's there in case probate gets involved. And at least we've written to probate in our own words in that will what we want them to do. So, so you're stating a will will not stop it from going to probate court, but it is it will ap- uphold, up, uphold what it is that our wishes are. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, people can always contest things and say, oh, mm-hmm. no, I, you know, I, I was the child nobody ever told, told anybody about and start a bunch of, uh, of mm-hmm. drama. But as long as, you know, in the absence of a challenge, yes, that will is something that's meant to be enforced and read by probate court if it goes to probate court. But frankly, what I'll tell you what my wife and I have done, we've put into place certain tools so that we avoid it completely. So with our bank account, we have something called a payable on death agreement. Not every state allows it. Missouri and Illinois do, for example. And with a payable on death agreement, I went to my bank. It took me 10 minutes and we wrote down our trust as the beneficiary. Let's say you don't have a trust. You can write down a legally competent adult, like a brother, sister, or a parent. And as long as that's done right and you pass away, that person would go to the bank. The bank would say, oh, I, I see this is you. Here's the cash. And guess what? That avoids probate court if it's done correctly. Then the will isn't even used, right? So PODs for bank accounts, transfer on death agreements for vehicles, for example, and investment accounts with life insurance. Make sure you have a beneficiary that's on there, right? Maybe you got divorced and it's still an ex-spouse. So make sure you're keeping track of your beneficiaries. 401k, same thing. Make sure you got a beneficiary in there. So when I talk about taking steps to avoid probate court and do these things in advance, those are a few simple examples for your listeners. Okay. Where could we find an, an encompassing list, you know, so that payable upon death for your, uh, for your bank account, where can I find those other tricks that we really should be, and I, I don't know if tricks is the right word, but that we should be putting into play in order to really support our will to avoid to avoid probate? You know, I've never seen a good list out there. You know, um, maybe I can I can send you one and we can make it available to listeners somehow. But if in the absence of that, uh, if someone wants to, to listen to this and, and look it up online, payable on death agreements, transfer on death agreements, beneficiaries that are built into life insurance and 401ks and 403bs. And for our homes, some states, including Missouri, where you and I are at April, that can be used with real estate. It's called uh, a beneficiary deed can be used with real estate. And if done correctly, that beneficiary deed, which is just usually two or three pages long, you can have an attorney do it or you can you can find a template online. That gets recorded with the county records, just where your deed is. And if you and possibly a spouse pass away, you can say where you want that house to go and it avoids probate. These are great secrets, right? That we should get out there. Yeah. Hey, 
give me a megaphone. I, I would love to tell the world about this stuff. <laughs> so, so when speaking about a beneficiary, what if we want um, a child who's um, a minor under the age of 18 to be our beneficiary? Mm -hmm. How can we go about doing that? Is, does it need to be located in a trust? Um, I generally do recommend that a trust be incorporated into someone's legacy plan if they have minor children. And I'll tell you why. Years ago, I was doing a speaking event at a law firm, and which is kind of funny that I was t talking about legal things at a law firm. But <laughs> anyway, there was a, a woman who came up to me afterwards and she was nearly in tears. And she said, I wish you would have been here a few years ago when my husband died, because I had no idea, nor did he, that when we put our two minor children who were about five and nine years old as the beneficiaries of his life insurance, that that money didn't go to his spouse. It went to the kids. And because they were not legally adults yet, it got put into the court system into something called conservatorship. And it was in CDs earning nothing virtually until the kids were of legal age, which is 18 in Missouri. So that wow. poor mother was barely making ends meet they had no idea. And I don't blame them because, hey, we want our children to inherit things and we put them there. But when a minor child inherits assets and they're eight years old, they can't go to the bank and open up an account. They can't handle their own affairs. And it may cause adverse reactions like that poor mother. So one thing that someone could do when they want assets to go to a minor child is to create a revocable living trust. There are two ways to do it. One, you can put a section in your will that says, hey, if I die, I want a trust created upon my death, right? Then you don't have to worry about having a trust while you're living. It's created if you pass away. And then money goes in there and it's given to the child, uh, uh, typically by an adult called a trustee as they need money. What my wife and I have done, and this is just our preference, we went ahead and paid a little extra to an attorney to draft a revocable living trust. And if we die, our life insurance, our business assets, our house, our cars, the investments, the cash in the bank, everything we have goes into that trust. And inside there, we've stipulated, even though our twin boys are only six and a half years old, they can have some money when they're 18 if they use it for school. If they maintain a certain GPA, then they get a little bonus when they graduate. You get to write whatever you want. And it even says that they can't have all of it until they're 35. So if something happens to my wife and I, we're not worried about the boys making poor decisions with it, nor are we worried about having that case earlier I mentioned where it's it's caught in, in the court system earning nothing while my wife struggles. So this is a great example of why everyone really needs to understand how some of these things could play out and why proper planning helps. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to have your secrets, Travis, and, and, and let the world know about them. These are amazing things that we should be thinking of, right? That usually just go, um, you know, push back in, in, inside our brains where we're just like, oh, you know what, that's not going to happen. Or I don't need to think about that now. We're really just being a little bit proactive and getting them set up on the, the front end can really, really create a lot of great things, right? If God forbid something does happen to, to one of us. You're 100% right. That was well said. <laughs> so um, when you talk about trust, are those just for folks, right, that um, have millions of dollars or, or thousands of dollars? Or, I mean, for the for the common folk, right, that works and, and make, sometimes it's hard to make ends meet. Would that be something that, you know, we, we would also want to consider? 
Yeah, trusts can be used by anybody. You know, it's they're not just for uh, Bill Gates and Mitt Romney type folks that are that are uh, very very wealthy. Certainly, there are complicated trust strategies used by wealthy folks. Uh, you know, that's that's one of the things I do as a certified financial planner. But I'll tell you that even if someone has a modest amount of retirement savings, a, a little money in the bank, but you have life insurance that's worth two hundred thousand dollars. Imagine if you pass away, the $200,000 of life insurance, plus whatever you may have saved for retirement, plus the cash in the bank, plus a car and maybe some equity in a home, that's going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if that goes to a minor child, or even if it's supposed to go to an adult child that has drug or alcohol problems, or maybe a gambling addiction, just handing that money to them here, it's yours now, could cause issues, right? So... The reason that trusts aren't just for ultra wealthy people is that the trust can go on and carry out our legacy. It can say, you know what, when you're 18, you can use it for school or a trade school, right? Or uh, helping with the with things you need as you get into the military, etc. cetera. Uh, it, again, this is a great example of where people assume that trusts uh, are just for trust babies and wealthy people, but certainly not the case. If someone's really budgeting April and they like the idea that you and I are describing about the trust, but they don't have an extra 1500 bucks to go pay an attorney to do it, one option they might be able to use is inside a will, which is much less expensive to create, you can include a section that creates a trust upon dying, upon passing. It's called a testamentary trust. And it can do all the beautiful things I've been describing here, but you don't have to pay the upfront cost of doing it now. And again, it's, it happens as your will goes through probate court. Well, that, that's a good loophole to, to know about, too. I mean, just the way that you highlighted, a lot of folks don't really think about, right, the equity or a paid off car with their 401k and um, any life insurance plan. I mean, that adds up quickly. It does, yeah. And if you think of the average middle class spouse, right? If you if you think about two people, they both have life insurance. They both have, let's say, four hundred one k plans. You can easily, with that life insurance, get over a half million or a million dollars with an, with a middle class family. We often underestimate the value of that insurance because we, if it's term, we don't see a value, right? We just see a premium. Uh, but you're absolutely right. We have to incorporate that into the legacy plan. Right. So you, you talked about earlier, you know, these these documents, drafting estate documents. Um, are the do-it-yourself websites okay? You know, there's templates out there that you can grab, or should you be going through a, um, a subject matter expert on this? Great question. I get this question all the time. And generally, I do recommend going to an estate attorney instead of a do-it-yourself website or a, a template you download online. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone says, Travis, we're in a pinch right now. You know, either we have to do a do-it-yourself website or we're not going to do anything. Okay, well, then one of those websites might have to be the answer. The reason I recommend the professional typically is if you're going to do a do-it-yourself document and you didn't dot an I somewhere or cross a T somewhere, there are only two times in life where we can't go back and say, oops, and that's death and disability, which is precisely why we're putting all this stuff into place in the beginning. Good point. So I do recommend to go see an attorney. Now, how do you find a good attorney? 
years ago, an attorney contacted me and she had questions about how to set up some estate documents for a new client of hers. Now, she was not an estate attorney. She was an attorney, but that wasn't her specialty. And I said, I am the last person you should be calling <laughs> asking how to draft this document for your client. And that's a great example of where just because someone is an attorney, it doesn't mean that they know how to draft the will, a trust, a power of attorney, or a healthcare directive, right? So what you really want is someone who has estate planning expertise, and you might find on their website or the business card that they're an elder care attorney. So estate, estate planning attorneys or elder care attorneys are really who you want to go to. If you grab their business card, and this attorney says that he does traffic tickets, divorce, envi environmental litigation, and real estate law, and wills and trusts, I'd be going, you know, that's a lot to specialize in, right? How can you be a subject matter expert in all that stuff? So an estate attorney is, is typically who I'd recommend. Now, real quick, April, I had mentioned a couple documents that we hadn't touched on yet that I think your listeners might really enjoy. We talked about wills and trusts so far. However, there are two other really important documents that people should be aware of. And even if someone is young with no kids and very little assets, this, this is an example of where really everybody should be thinking about legacy planning. I'm going to uh, paint an unfortunate picture that just happens. Let's say someone is uh, driving down the highway and a car accident happens. And all of a sudden they're in the hospital and we're not sure what's going to happen to them. If someone is on a ventilator or something for a really long period of time, all of a sudden that fi family might have to make it have a really tough discussion about what in the world do we do? If anybody on this podcast remembers Terry Shivo, Terry Shivo was somebody who lived in Florida many years ago. And this ex something very similar happened to Terry. She was in the hospital, couldn't speak for herself. She was in a vegetative state for over a year and her husband had one thing he wanted to happen and her family had the opposite thing they wanted to happen. And it went all the way up to the president at the time. It was a big family drama. If they would have had these next couple documents in place, we probably never would have heard of Terry Schiavo and all the terrible things that happened with that family. Uh, and that is a power of attorney mm -hmm. and a healthcare directive. So the power of attorney comes in two flavors. One is medical and the other one's financial. And that essentially gives someone the ability to go make decisions for you if you can't. So April, let's just say you made me your financial power of attorney and you decided to take a trip around the world. Well, I could still take care of paying bills and you know, shutting off the cable or whatever I need to do if I'm your power of attorney. Well, for medical, that gives someone the ability to talk to doctors and say, this is what Travis or April would have wanted. Now, the last thing I want to do is give my wife the ability to tell doctors what I want and not tell her what I want and live with that decision her whole life. So essentially what I've done is I've paired my medical power of attorney with another document called a healthcare directive. Some people know this as a, a, a living will or an advanced directive. They're all the same thing. And now I, I got I to joke a little bit during these topics. I, my my uh, living will, my healthcare director pretty much says, honey, if you're reading this right now, I must not be in very good shape. Go ahead, pull the plug. I've had fun. So I told her what I want in my own words. And without having her to guess, without forcing her to guess and live with that decision her entire life, I gave her 
those wishes and the legal ability to carry it out with the medical power of attorney. Again, I do recommend an, an attorney to go draft these things, but you could uh, go to the do-it-yourself website if that truly is the only option for the budget. So hopefully those last couple of documents will be really important to your listeners. No, absolutely. Travis, I really appreciate the time you took. Um, this, um, you, you've provided so many things to think about. And um, if, if anyone out there listening is like myself, um, you know, definitely need to take action, right? Um, because you never know when something unexpected can happen. And, and thanks for providing um, the tools and, and outlining the steps necessary to make that happen. Oh, happy to do it. And, and one final thought, after it's done, you don't have to think about this tough topic anymore. You sleep well at night. So frankly, this is my sleeping pill. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you, Travis. You bet. Thanks, April. Take care. You too. Stay Bye-bye. tuned for our, for our next Keeley Life podcast. Bye-bye.